This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. We made it to Championship Week. If you listen to this and you're trying to figure out who to start Championship Week, congratulations. You made it all the way. Good stuff. And you know what? Honestly, like, in my comments on Instagram, like, I'm, like, surprised. Like, how many people are in the championship week in this community? Like, I'm loving it. Like, my other post, you know, people asking who to start. I'm looking at how many people are going. How many people looking to get that decision right? I'm just like, Jesus. That's a lot of people. A lot of people making to the championship week in this community. So, props to you guys. Um, and uh, good luck this week, man. I hope I hope the chips fall, you know, because obviously we need to we need a little bit of luck. There's no doubt about it, right? Like, you know, there's so many things that can happen. There's so much variance in this game. Uh, you know, you can put yourself in the best position, and that's part of the reason why you're in the championship. But you know, you, you kind of need the chips to fall, you know, where they need to fall as well. On top of on top of you preparing to get to this point. So, congratulations to everybody. Um, for making it this far, and uh, let's get right into the matchups for this week. I'm going to go over eight matchups, the player usages, all that kind of stuff, who I like, who I don't, uh, for the first eight matchups uh, in this podcast, and then tomorrow on Friday, uh, the second eight will come out uh, for, the, for the other eight matchups. All right, so let's get right into it. Let's start with uh, the Eagles at the Washington football team. Dak Prescott carved this defense up last week. Um, and I think Jalen Hurts is a solid QB1 start this week, too. Good matchup. Uh, they're mixing it up a bit now. He played very well against Washington the last time around. Uh, so I'm in on Jalen Hurts to, to to hopefully win me a fantasy championship this week. Uh, Miles Sanders, uh, he will be out this week. So Jordan Howard has a chance to play. But I'd be monitoring his practice status this week. It doesn't sound like they have a ton of confidence that he'll play this week. But it is possible. I, I kind of still think that Boston Scott would be the play. I, I think the carries will be split. And Howard's injury, you know, might cause the split to potentially favor Scott at times, right? And we've seen Scott being used near the goal line too, right? Not just Howard. So, you know, he does have a chance of scoring this week. Um, I can see the split being somewhere around 15 carries each. You know, both would be low-end RB2s in a run-heavy offense. Um, now, if Howard doesn't play, obviously Scott becomes like, a, you know, a high-end RB2 in this matchup, uh, and then uh, and then you have Kenny, uh, Kenny Gainwell as, as a solid flex play because we know that um, you know there's a lot to go around sometimes in this offense, uh, especially in the run game. So um, I'm, I'm perfectly fine putting Gainwell in my flex if I need some upside. Devontae Smith has a good matchup this week. I, you know what's really plagued him has been the offense not needing to throw a ton or not wanting to throw a ton. Um, he would be a boom bust wide receiver three for me, but he does have upside. Uh, Dallas Goddard really did well against Washington two weeks ago. Um, I'd run him out again as a solid tight end one. Uh, the Eagles defense is also a pretty good streamer this week. Um, on the other side of the ball, Ricky Seals-Jones, he shouldn't be an option 
Honestly, unless you're really desperate, he ran a route on less than 50% of dropbacks last week. It doesn't look like, you know, one of these guys, you know, between him or Bates, you know, is going to get that full-time role. Terry McLaurin has a tough matchup. He's super tough to trust right now. I'm not excited to start him this week to, to win me a fantasy championship. He's a wide receiver three right now. He has upside, no doubt about it, but he hasn't shown that upside since week 11. Uh, I would play Antonio Gibson like a high-end RB2 this week. The risk here is that this game gets out of hand, in which case Gibson would be taken out for the most part, You know, which is what happened last week. Uh, he wasn't every down back to start last week's games. Um, you know, So for the first 25 snaps or so, he was in on, I would say, like 80% of that. Um, so it was pretty much all of him. Uh, if this game stays in reach... Uh, he can have a big game. So, you know, just wanted to make sure that you, you're aware of the risk here. Uh, but he is someone that I'm most likely going to be having in my lineups as RB2. Moving on to the Rams at the Ravens. You saw what Joe Burrow did last week to the Ravens. So Matt Stafford is pretty much a must start for me this week. Uh, you saw what the Cincinnati wide receivers did last week. And so you got to start these wide receivers. Cooper, Cooper Cup, obviously. But I want OBJ in my lineup as a high-end wide receiver. Three borderline wide receiver, two. Van Jefferson is a high upside flex option as well. Sonny Michelle, he's taken over this backfield. Daryl Henderson is on IR now. It's Michelle's show at this point. Uh, he's an RB1 play. Cam Akers is miraculously getting some play this weekend, according to Sean McVay, and that's awesome. Uh, but it won't deter me um, from Michelle whatsoever or ranking him as an RB1. Uh, Tyler Higby has a good matchup too, so I'd upgrade him to a low-end tight end one this week. On the other side, Lamar Jackson would be a QB1 play, but him coming off the injury seems a bit risky to me. Um, Tyler Huntley has been activated off the COVID list, so if Jackson is out again, I think Huntley would be a solid streamer. Marquise Brown is getting targeted regardless of who's at QB, but he hasn't shown any upside since week 9 at this point. So he's a wide receiver 3 right now, and but you know he does have a safe floor in PPR. Mark Andrews has been going off. You have to wonder whether Jalen Ramsey you know, is on him for a lot of this game, but either way, I'm starting him as a high-end tight end 1. Rashad Bateman is running around on almost every dropback over the last two games, and he's a flex option this week. Uh, not starting anyone from the Ravens' backfield. Um, the Rams' defense is a solid option this week, regardless of who is in at quarterback. The Ravens have been giving up some fantasy points to opposing fantasy defenses. All right, let's move on to the Bucks at the Jets. Uh, Tom Brady has had two down weeks, but it was against two good defenses. I I'm starting him as a solid QB one this week against the Jets. You know, even without. Uh, Chris Godwin, even if he doesn't have Mike Evans in this game, he's torn the Jets apart over the past, I don't know, 20 years, <laughs> right? Uh, he still has AB in a good matchup, Gronk in a great matchup. Um, you know, he'll randomly use his other weapons as well. So I'm not getting cute in championship week against the Jets. I'm starting Tom Brady. Ronald Jones is a great start this week against the Jets. This is the matchup that you want for your running back in championship week. He's a borderline RB1 this week. I'm not worried about Keyshawn Vaughn. The Bucs can potentially run the ball a ton this game. So Jones has upside to see 25 carries in this game. Antonio Brown, solid wide receiver one this week. Uh, Gronk had an off day last week, but he has an amazing matchup this week. He has to be in lineups. You know, don't don't look at last week and then make it, make your decision based on that. Uh, Cameron Brait is a sneaky play in very deep leagues. You know, good matchup. He was targeted on 25% of his routes last week. You know, without Mike Evans, without Chris Godwin, some of these guys need to step up. Uh, and the Bucks defense, obviously, a great start this week as well. 
Uh, Elijah Moore might be back this week, but Robert Sala doesn't sound too optimistic. Apparently, he has a few hurdles to clear when it comes to his quad injury. This tells me that even if he does play, he's a risky start, you know, not only because of aggravation, but also because he might not get a full route participation. Michael Carter's usage got a, got a lot better last week, 74% of snaps, half of the rushing attempts, and he came he became the primary passing down back too. So, you know, he gets the bucks this week, right? So not a great matchup, um, but he's still in the PPR flex conversation because of the fact that he might get involved in the pass game. The Bucks haven't been good against pass catching running backs, uh, but, you know, at the same time, like I wouldn't depend on him this week if I can help it. Uh, the Dolphins at the Titans. The Dolphins' backfield was a mess, as expected. It was a really tough matchup against the Saints, but it was a three-way split between Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and Miles Gasson. So I'm avoiding this in another tough matchup. Jalen Waddle straight balling right now. You know you have to start him as like a solid to high-end wide receiver too. Um, he's averaging well above 20 PPR fantasy points over his last four games. He's averaging 10 targets during that span. He's killing it. He has to be in lineups. Devontae Parker with no targets in this past game, really odd, you know, especially considering Marshawn Lattimore wasn't even shadowing him. I play Parker this week as a low and wide receiver three. Um, you know, he had solid games outside of this game, so I'm willing to throw, you know, throw him in if he's my best option. Uh, the matchup isn't terrible for him as long as Tua can stay upright. Another tough matchup for Mike Gesicki this week. Uh, he's a low end tight end one right now. Decent floor in most games, but he hasn't showed his upside in a while, especially with, you know, both Parker and Waddle healthy. The Titans' backfield remains a three-way split right now. The best option of the bunch is still Deontay Foreman. Uh, he'll be the guy getting goal line carries if they get there. He's a flex option this week. Uh, AJ Brown, you know, won people their matchups last week in his first game back from IR. Uh, continue to start him. Miami has upped their defense big time lately, but he's still a high and wide receiver to start for me this week. All right, moving on to the Jaguars at the Patriots. Uh, Daria Ogunbowale played a bell cow role uh, once James Robinson left last week's game uh, with an Achilles tear. Uh, terrible, terrible injury. Um, you know, hopefully he can recover and make his way back. But th- this really opens the door for someone like Travis Etienne next season. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, the Patriots' defense is vulnerable to running backs, you know, in the run game, but especially in the pass game. So if the Patriots go up, which we should expect, o- Ogunbowale can still rack up some receptions while they try and catch up, right? He'll be a low-end RB2, high-end RB3 play. You know, there's a little bit of risk here because Raquel Armstead might end up seeing some more work this week, but, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, it's possible that Ogunbowale doesn't get that every down roll that he saw last week, you know, with a week of prep without Robinson. Uh, Carlos Hyde is on IR. Um, and by the way, look into Raquel Armstead's story after coming back in his battle with COVID and, and, and myocarditis um, and his journey back to the NFL. Um, it's pretty interesting. Uh, no one else on the Jags for me. Ramondre Stevenson is back, so I'd expect a committee, committee approach between him and Damian Harris on early downs. Uh, both guys are RB3 plays, and Harris is the preferred play because I think, you know, he's the preferred option at the goal line. Uh, I think, you know, as far as this matchup goes, you know, um, Harris can be upgraded to a low-end RB2 um, because of the likelihood that there will be goal line opportunities. I like Jacoby Harris this week against the Jaguars. You know, great matchup out of the slot. And he's averaging 10 targets over his last two games. So he'll be a PPR wide receiver three for me th- for me this week. Most likely like a low-end PPR wide receiver three. Um, but, you know, decent start. Hunter Henry didn't have a good game last week. But 
He saw, he still saw six targets, which accounted for a 20% target share, his second straight game with at least an 80% rap participation. So that that's good. Um, but he's a he's a low end tight end one play this week, you know, assuming that it continues. It might not be such a you know competitive game this week, but you know, he he is still in play. Uh Patriots defense obviously a great start this week as well. Moving on to the Raiders at the Colts, Hunter Renfro was targeted eight times uh total over the last two weeks. You know, he was averaging around 10 targets per game over his last six prior to these two weeks. Uh, Indy does a pretty good job against slot wide receivers too. They're allowing the least amount of fantasy points to slot wide receivers over the last eight weeks. Last week, Christian Kirk, seven catches for 48 yards. Uh, Jacoby Myers, six catches two weeks ago, only 44 yards for him. Chris Gowan caught only four balls for 24 yards on 97% of snaps in week 12 against Indy. Beasley, 4 for 23 in week 11. So not great, you know, but if you don't have any great options, you know, you know, he's still a low-end wide receiver too based on what he's been doing over the past eight weeks rather than just over the past two. So just got to be aware of this tough matchup. Darren Waller was potentially going to practice this week, but he was placed on the COVID list. He has a chance to test out before Sunday, uh, but it's possible that he's out this week again. If he is out, Foster Moreau is a pretty good stream. Uh, Moreau, he ran a route on 85% of dropbacks over his last game, over that, I'm sorry, over his last three games, uh, and this is a great matchup for tight ends. The Colts have given up the most catches and yards to the position this year, uh, so if Waller returns, you know, he, he's, he's a solid tight end one this week. Josh Jacobs is the primary early down back still. He got a lot of work last week because of the fact that the Raiders stayed up in that game, this week, not sure that happens, especially if Carson Wentz is able to return given the new COVID rules. Um, you know, Jacobs is leaving the field for Jalen Richard. Uh, you know, on passing downs, he's going to be the early down back. Uh, but this is a tough matchup. I'm not loving him this week. He'd probably be ranked to like as like a mid to low end RB two for me this week against the Colts, somewhere around RB twenty, RB twenty one, something like that. Uh, I think we can look at Zay Jones as like a deep option this week. Uh, he had nine targets, eight targets over the last two weeks, seven targets the week before that, uh, at least five catches each of the last three games, and now he goes up against a Colts perimeter defense that is a bit vulnerable, um, you know, compared to the slot. So deep, deep option who has some big playability as well. Uh, so yeah, Carson Wentz might be out this week. He does have a chance of playing, you know, all he needs is all. All that needs to happen is him not having a fever, <laughs> pretty much. You know, once those five days are up, you know, since he tested positive, that's all he needs. I don't even think he needs a negative test. Um, the Colts' offensive line got some got some of their guys back, so it's not as terrible as it was last week. Um, Jonathan Taylor should be fine. There are a few defensive players who are still on the COVID list for the Raiders, uh, especially some of their linebackers. So, uh, and you know, they can obviously come back for this game as well. But, you know, it's a fluid situation. You're starting Jonathan Taylor regardless. Michael Pittman is obviously back in play with Wentz potentially playing this week. But if Pittman doesn't have Wentz and then he has to deal with Casey Hayward on top of that, I don't love him this week. Even with Wentz, you know, if the Colts are able to dominate on the ground and the game isn't competitive, a large target share for Pittman might not equal a whole lot of raw targets based on the fact that Wentz might not have to throw as much. Um, I I view Pittman as a wide receiver three this week. Jack Doyle is day-to-day right now with knee and ankle injuries, and if he's out, Mo Cox is a great stream. The Raiders have allowed 10 touchdowns to the position this year, which is the third most. Uh, Their bottom 10 in yards allowed and receptions allowed to the tight end position. 
uh, with Doyle out last week, well, a lot of that game, uh, Ali Cox ran around on 75% of dropbacks. And that's, you know, that's great considering that really started to happen after Doyle got hurt. Moving on to the Chiefs at the Bengals. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's been getting it done over the past three weeks, and now he gets Travis Kelsey back and a full Tyreek Hill back as well. Um, so, by the, you know, by the way, Tyreek was on a snap pitch, snap count last week, you know, with him being activated right before the game. Um, you know, wish we knew that in advance. But all these guys have to be in lineups this week. It's a great matchup all around. I don't think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to play this week with that shoulder-slash-collarbone injury. It's possible that he goes, but I doubt it. I'd imagine they would save him for the playoffs. Um, you know, with that being said, Dial Williams will be an RB1 start in his place this week. If CEH does play, I think CEH is a bit risky given his injury. Uh, and Dial Williams might be like a low-end RB2 start with upside for me. But my guess right now is that Dial will be the guy this week. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to starting him if CEH is out. Joe Mixon is an RB1 play this week. Good matchup. You know, you hope that this game stays close for him to continue to stay on the field. T. Higgins and Jamar Chase were amazing plays last week. I ranked them as wide receiver ones, but don't go chasing points this week if you have better options than T. Higgins. Like, you know, listen, most of us are starting these two guys every week anyway because we don't have the luxury of having, like, amazing options. Uh, But, you know, just saying that last week was an amazing matchup, as we talked about. Uh, but this week, you know, not as great, right? It's not terrible, you know, kind of middle of the pack in terms of defending perimeter wide receivers. Uh, T. Higgins does have the better matchup between the two guys, but both these guys, you know, get their time on either side um, of the perimeter. So these guys are both wide receiver two plays this week rather than the wide receiver one plays they were last week. Tyler Boyd has a good matchup too. He was forgotten about, um, you know, but he's quietly put up some good games over the past several weeks. He's had a relatively safe floor, at least 10 PPR points in five of his six last ga- five of his last six games, at least 85 yards receiving in three of his last four. So pretty impressive. Um, and he has a good matchup this week against the Chiefs in the out of the slot. Um, so I do think he should be upgraded to a wide receiver three play this week, given that this game will likely be competitive. I'm okay starting Joe Burrow this week. He's a borderline QB1 for me. This game should be competitive, so that gives him an edge, but I wouldn't be chasing those points from last week. Giants at the Bears. Saquon Barkley, super tough to trust in your championship lineup. If he's your best option as your RB2, I get it, but he's a low-end RB2 for me this week at best. Maybe hardly that, you know, given that the offense that he's on. 34% of snaps last week. He didn't crack 60% the two weeks before that. Devontae Booker is playing a lot, and the Giants have no incentive to keep Barkley on the field right now. Uh, Justin Fields returned to practice on Wednesday, so my guess is that he will play this week. Uh, I think he's a low-end QB one start with a decent floor in a good matchup. David Montgomery has been pretty involved in the past game, you know, with Fields, with Folds, whoever. Like he's playing in every down roll, uh, but eight catches, six catches, five, then seven is what you want to see. You know, um, even though he's on a shitty offense, he has a, he has a high floor, especially in PPR leagues. And if he scores, that's a big week for you. Uh, Allen Robinson is off the COVID list. He can be back this week. Uh, so Darnell Mooney's target share might take a little bit of a hit. Uh, but it's a good matchup for him. Uh, but he's still a low-end wide receiver three this week because, because of the offense, pretty much. Um, all right, so that's the first eight games, guys. Um, I'll see you guys tomorrow morning with the next episode going over the next eight weeks. Good luck. All right. If you don't listen to tomorrow's episode, I hope you do tune in so you know you, you kind of get an idea. If you have any start questions, this is where you kind of get that context. But uh, good luck this week. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. See ya.